Welcome, Archetypal Tarot Podcast listeners. This is your host, Sundara, and I am thrilled to have Tina Hart join us today, who is the writer for the deck of The Beloved Dead. And I feel like I'm channeling some really autumnal colors today. I don't know. It's not usually this orangey for my video, for those that can see video. <laughs> but I can see that you have your pumpkins on, Tina. Give us a hello and where you're zooming in from today. Um, hello. And yes, I brought the whole pumpkin patch. Um, I'm I'm uh, in Musselman's Lake, so I'm Canadian. And it's actually Canadian Thanksgiving today, so... We couldn't have picked a better autumnal energy for this. Wow, that's amazing. And and when when we're recording this, it's actually on our Indigenous Persons Day here in the United States. So lots to reflect on and lots to call forth from the Beloved Dead deck, which really deals with so much of uh, the past and our ancestors and other spirits. Uh, so I love to just start out with the names, the beloved dead and the, the origin, any origin stories about how this deck came to be. Well, Carrie Paris, who is here with us in spirit. So I should just mention briefly that Carrie is a master manifester and totally figured out how to move herself to Tuscany from California. So like, you know, that wasn't bad enough, California. Now she's in exquisite Tuscany. So um, sadly, not quite sure what her internet and everything is like, but she would, she'd love to be here. But Carrie started, um, it was a New Year's Day and she was going through a box of photographs and she found this um, exquisite photograph of two grandparents, probably great grandparents or great, great grandparents who she did not know. Um, and it's actually the ancestry card. And they were, uh, they were an older couple and there was this little boy standing uh, in front of them. Now, Carrie's grandparents, they were, I mean, visibly Im impoverished and their stomachs, uh, it is a, in the book, but their stomachs were bloated from hunger. But they took this little boy and they shared, they shared everything with this little boy and they raised him. So Carrie sort of wanted to honor those ancestors and be, and, you know, and to say thanks because had her ancestors not made the move to California to the States and been courageous enough to do that, that she feels that she would not have had um, the choices and she would not have been able to pursue her purpose and calling in life, which is um, divination and creating all of these amazing metaphysical tools. But she started with a, a tarot deck called the Relative Tarot. Um, and she got uh, sort of uh, our community together to send pictures of their ancestors in. And so that is kind of how it started. Now, it was originally a Kickstarter project where we had the relative tarot and then we had a companion deck called the Spirit Oracle. And this was formerly the Spirit Oracle, but it didn't really have, it wasn't sort of standing up to express on its own. It basically was just sort of like a companion deck that could be used and layered in with the Relative Tarot. So when Wiser Books, who I just love, but Wiser Books agreed to publish this, um, that's when we took on the name The Beloved Dead. And now suddenly 
um, this oracle has had an opportunity to have its own divinatory system and to sort of be showcased on its own. That's wonderful. And so she's she has this uh, image here for the ancestry card uh, here in the deck. So this is her own ancestors. And the other pictures, did they come from this? Um, were they, did they bleed over from the relative tarot? Or were they these images um, from uh, different sources, um, old sources? Some of the images are original. Um, some of the, uh, some of the images, not all of them. Um, and then others were sourced because now as sort of the divinatory system started being shaped and formed, you have to sort of work backwards. And now you're starting to put together a brand new team that can work together, um, to start producing these various narratives for the deck. So, but some of the, some of the pictures are original, um, my grandparents are in there and uh, some of the original people are in there as well. But but then she she did go and find some of these other images and different sources, too. Oh, wonderful. W would you mind sharing which ones your grandparents are in? So um, the survive, right? This is oh. an, old, an old picture that those are my grandparents um and uh, the home card that is carries nona the home card um the hospitality card a good friend of ours uh connie she's a reader as well that is her grandfather um and and then there there were others that that i'm not exactly sure because they were sent directly to carrie but it's a it's a i i think it's a kind of a unique i call them like a special task force <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How how special to welcome uh, your family and her family and and others that have come into this deck. And then you know, there's there's iconic sort of uh, classic images that I I must have seen somewhere that have yes. reappeared yeah. in this deck, um, which I just love. I just it's so so artistic and bohemian, and uh, they just look like really their muses in in so many ways to this uh connection to the beyond because you know that these these were individuals that existed and um and had their own lives and had their own dreams and their faces are trickling down through this imagery so and their stories you know their yeah. stories and their challenges and their experiences right and i know carrie waded through a lot of images and it was so much fun you know because it's almost like, you know, you've got a certain number of images and then now they start standing forward. It really felt like that. They start mm. you know, suddenly becoming chatty. Um, and it's one thing that I, I, I love about this deck is it's very chatty. Uh, that's great. That's really wonderful. And, you know, even though they may not reflect uh, a, a person, I mean, it could, but uh, it, you know, you're, readers your your participants own ancestry um th that the qualities that are coming forth the titles of the cards are all archetypal or important aspects that we have encountered in our own families um through our own uh faces our own um extended versions of the same cards right so uh mm -hmm. so i love that there's a relatability to this deck no matter who you are 
it's kind of um it's kind of a bizarre way to look at this as a now do do you read cards you're a diviner correct yes i've created my own deck called the story through stone reflection cards so they use billion year old stone images and you can see people animals landscapes in them and so uh some of the ancestor work that comes through that can be very ancient indeed. It can be even through uh, the larger than human world and um, coming up from the minerals themselves. So I, I love uh, this sort of work. And um, and so it was, it's just great to see another version of it here. Make no mistake, I'll, I will definitely look your deck up. I, I oh. will definitely go ahead and uh, through some of the interviews too, I've been exposed to some new decks too, which I just love. That's um, yeah. But I guess what I was saying is that even though I'm ba- I'm really horrible at math, it's just that whole lobe of my brain does not work. <laughs> it's like this Freudian resistance to numbers. But if you think about it, when you have a sitter sitting in front of you, right? So two parents, right? Four grandparents, right? 16 great grandparents, 32, 64 goes on. And if you think about all of that, all of that parenting, all of that passing down um, of, of, of stories that are still seeking expression, you know, think about the challenges, think about the conditions that they were born and raised their formative years. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. So really when somebody sits in the chair in front of you, that's what you're dealing with, <laughs> not just right sitter you're dealing with like a veritable army standing behind them in terms of maybe some of you know some of their influences and and how they're making their choices right so that's why this work is I just I I feel it's so healing and it's got such transformative potential Absolutely. And and what I love about this deck, not only is its beauty and um, some of these Wiser. Sweet, sweet ancestors that have come forth, but there's, it, it also deals with the, the hardships, the challenges and, and some of, and a lot of our shadow aspects. So yeah. uh, the cards that I was pulling were, I felt like I was jumping right into some really good, deep, shadow work i think the first one i picked was um vanity Mm. and wow you know Mm. the amount of times i'm looking in the selfie mirror and worrying about my weight or worrying about this or worrying about that um Mm. it's me 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 and imagery and i'm like wow this is this has come down from (laughs) a lot of things for women and uh here it is in this powerful and beautiful card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let's, let's get, uh, look at another one. I got the, I got things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my friend, Rachel, she, she calls me such a shopper. So true. I've been trying to kind of, um, you know, pay attention to the resources I'm using now and kind of stepping back and buying things more used and, and then mm. I got this things card and I was like, wow, really thinking about the, these possessions I'm surrounded by and that I'm bringing in. Um, and then today I was like, okay, let me just draw another one. Um, and I got the privilege card. <laughs> very, uh, very big topic, right? Especially here on Indigenous Persons Day here in the US. 
thinking about, wow, how much I was born with, how much to acknowledge uh, that I wield in the world. Um, and as a settler descendant and so forth. So here they all are staring at me. I'm like, oh boy, I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> yeah. So interesting too, because so the vanity, oh, just talk about that card for a, a little, um, for a moment. Yeah. Oh, some, um, you know, usually with a vanity card, if I pull, if I pull it for, um, if I pull it for a sitter, I'm always interested too how their own self-image has been um, influenced by sometimes pressure from a, a mother or, you know what I mean, a parent. Um, does does that play a part? You know, how much of, of the way we define or or de define our own body image and our our sense of worth um, all externally, you know, with things and potential privilege, when really what that arrow is doing is saying, okay, it's all it's all inside. It's got to come from the inside out and not from the outside in. So it's almost like this is a little huddle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I was just remembering something, you know, my parents and my family were incredibly loving and supportive, but um, that was one of my privileges, I think. But uh, but I, I was remembering this hilarious quote the other day where um, I, I think I was, my brother had moved to San Francisco and he was like, wow. uh, he's like, yeah. Uh, and he told my mom, he didn't tell me directly, but he said, yeah, you, you know, Cindy as my younger self name was he said Cindy she's she's pretty but you know there's so many pretty girls in San Francisco you know <laughs> and so my mom passed this on to me like like this was useful information somehow <laughs> like yeah. how is that helpful information so um but it was just kind of like what you know these things just kind of come out of the blue and they shape you know and question and and live down there in the deep dark recesses of your heart and you're like you know why are these things being tossed around like that so yeah those things it's it's funny how they can just reside you know what i mean and and though we don't we don't have to own it we can just rewrite that script but sometimes just letting it see the light of day and come up from the basement is is half the battle because then it's not constantly working on us because then we can stare it in the face and go, uh-uh, no, I don't own that, right? That's right. And and that's actually a powerful line I read in your introduction um, that there's this sort of dead language that can live, you know, beneath the surface that we've just you know, subscribe to without even really being aware that we've subscribed to it. Um, and that this is this working with this deck can really help to make that conscious, have it come up and to, um, to, you know, break from that if needed. So there's, there's beliefs and ideas that have come down also from these ancestors that we don't need anymore. So we can, we can break up with it. <laughs> break up with it, exactly. And, you know, too, I, the fact that they say that, what, 90% of our decision maker, uh, decision making comes from our unconscious drivers. So like, what are you telling me here? The, the truth of the matter is that like, we're just riding shotgun to our unconscious drivers, right? So that's why it's so important to understand a little bit as to, where they're coming from, who they belong to, 
And the whole thing about the beloved dead is it was supposed to be like someone could be seated in the, in the spirit throne and based on their backstories, you know, they're bringing some wisdom to the table that can help, you know, rewrite that script. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for bringing that and uh, making that more conscious. Um, Have you worked with the things card before? Has that one come up? So the things, the things card to like an evidential um, mediumship, right? So it's, it's about something, do you know what I mean? That, that helps you um, determine who the consciousness that you're connecting with right they'll show you they'll show you something um like that that person might still own whether it's a piece of jewelry whether or not it's a a figurine whether it's uh, a box of photographs under the bed so the things card um is that you will know this person because chances are you could have been dusting a shelf right and you could have just dusted that figurine today this morning and then you go and you're trying to figure out well you know who what so what am I connecting with here and then that's that was the purpose of the things card also Mm -hmm. if these cards were going to be used in a paranormal investigation right Mm -hmm. um things could also be that there's an object from an antique store that has some energy to it right so that was another purpose for the things card you know, to tell them, okay, um, this might not be um, a residual energy or intelligent energy. This might actually be something connected to that, you know, that um, uh, that chair that's sitting in the corner that nobody wants to go next or like, you know, no one wants to sit in and the dog is backing away from. So. <laughs> Love that. Wow. That's, and, mm-hmm. and that actually brings up something really interesting about this deck is that this deck is interactive with the things that you have around you. Um, so um, this is the the spirit th- throne card. And I know the, the light is pretty terrible where I'm at right now. But um, the spirit throne card allows you to imagine in, welcome in an ancestor even before doing the reading. It allows you to, you can put... Um, one of the cards uh, into the throne card to really summon up uh, if that is reminding you of an ancestor. Um, But you can also put it, you know, put that special thing that if it's calling you that it's from someone um, in the past, uh, you can also put that with the throne card. Um, There's probably more uses I'm missing, but can you tell us about um, this card and just launching our discussion on and how this deck is structured? If, uh, so if you, the other thing that you can do too, is you can put, if you have a ring or a piece of jewelry or something and you want to connect, you know, and call by name and connect with that uh, loved one, you can put that piece of, you know, that special piece of jewelry or something in that card as well. So it will work, it'll work that way. Um, But um, it also, it was a place too, that if, let's say you're working through an issue. So let's okay let's just say a very common thing that's happening today is people are suffering from abandonment issues because of ghosting with friends really really close friends and a friend has just ghosted them mm-hmm. you know and they're dealing you know they're going through kind of that sort of the grief and the suffering that comes from a departure from the living dead 
right? So they're having de- deal um, issues dealing with that. So they can put the issue in the chair and then mm-hmm. ask their helping spirits to come and help me with this issue. I'm having troubles. I want to put it up there. I, you know, I need some advice so you can house that comfortably in the chair as well, right? I love that. that it's uh, kind of similar to a couple of therapeutic techniques I learned back during my master's degree in, in counseling psychology. There's gestalt where you can, you know, whatever the problem is, you can put it in the chair. You could actually have a conversation with the problem in the chair. Um, and also uh, the, I think it's called, um, oh, it's slipping my mind right now, sensing or um, felt sense work where you can kind of you, you were supposed to kind of put the problems on the shelf and then really get get a handle on what the feeling is that you're struggling with. I feel like the chair uh, mm-hmm. motif is is useful in, for all of these approaches. Um, and it's nice to have a picture, a beautiful picture of one. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is like, you know, things, people that have issue with, like, surrounding themselves by too much clutter and they can't get rid of it, stick the things in the chair. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is... This is- <laughs> This is a multi-use chair. I'm, I'm really excited about just kind of keeping it visible here for a while. <laughs> so the, spirit, the spirit throne was intended as, um, you know, just like, just like, you know, we said, let's get like a seat of honor, right? Um, and, and a focal point for the work that you're doing. Um, it just sort of strengthens your commitment to the work that you're about to do as well, right? right. Um, then there are 10 active love cards. And my God, if we could have had, a hundred cards there are still other active love cards that you know i would love to have seen in there but um it doesn't it's a it's a a good quantity so the thing about the active love cards is what they're saying is that okay now you need to do something it needs activation it needs an action it can't just all be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um, sort of a wishy-washy intention because nothing good will come out of this. You're not going to make any breakthroughs or, you know, without the act of love. So if one of those cards fell, it was like a little bit of a flag. And then you pick, you pick another card, pull another card and put it directly on that act of love card because the two will tell you. So for instance, the, let's say that the here and now, right? The thing is people are, if they have worries about something, right? We all know that worry and fear uh, constricts and it, it, um, it doesn't assist clarity at all whatsoever. So it's acting you and it, or it's telling you, okay, the past and the future are all mental constructs. They don't exist any longer. So don't keep looking to that past issue because that's neither here nor there and stop worrying about something that hasn't happened in the future mm-hmm. and focus on the here and now. And by making that decision and choosing to do that, because our choices are our alchemy, choose to do that. It is an energetic transaction. So you've already changed something, right? And so that's how those 10 active loves were sort of meant to, to respond. Yeah. And I read you have um, a certain kind of reading you can do. I think you do you um, choose the act of love card by looking at them or do you draw them at random? You can Um, do either, right? mm -hmm. Uh, And if, like I said, if you're having issues with one of them, you can seek them and work with it that way. 
but usually they're they're just shuffled in with the rest of the deck but they get a card uh, they get another card on top of them so whenever an active love card mm-hmm. presents you you want to bring in another card and then and then you're going to read that synthesis right there'll be information in that synthesis that's I, I kind of did a reversal of that reading so i think what you described is that you know you choose the one um uh active love card and the, the reading has three you choose three um of the beloved dead cards uh <laughs> but i had chosen my three um beloved dead cards already so i i kind of got curious and i was like what if I put reverse that which act of love card is trying to be communicated by choosing vanity things and privilege. Um, and I chose, it was a really interesting um, reveal, which was the, the self-preservation card. Hmm. So it suddenly seemed like, wow, you know, maybe holding on to all of these things is um is myself trying to self-preserve in some way, working really hard to self-preserve through these kind of maybe surfacey approaches or, you know, there's could be deeper stories to this. I haven't delved so deeply, but um, I thought that was a really interesting response to those three cards. And that's interesting too, because if you ask the question, right? So, I mean, it's all great if we get that third party validation, if we can actually go to, let's say, ancestry DNA and information is there about what our ancestors went through. But who knows, maybe one of our ancestors lost all of their possessions. And then that's why it's so important for some reason in this lifetime that we need to surround ourselves with things and things actually make us feel stable, secure. They have, they, they play a, a part in our self-soothing. There's who knows, you know, but it's yeah. all great if that can be uncovered through stories, but there might be a source. And then certainly you can keep divining right until you're you know what i mean you're you're connecting and you're hearing a narrative that might lead to an aha or a breakthrough to make sense of this but there is no right or wrong how to use the cards right right. whatever you feel you're being guided to do even if you're taking all 10 out and shuffling them separately and working with them that way or sticking them in the deck no just do whatever feels yeah is right in the moment there is no right or wrong Absolutely. And I, I love that that reminder and that permission to play with these cards. Yeah. It's just <laughs> fantastic. And um, I noticed one of your act of love cards is also a yes or no. <laughs> um, how How is the yes or no card used? <laughs> so ideally, because I push everybody's limit saying, please, can we just have one more? Please, can we just have one more? And they've been so great, <laughs> right? So I think we have to combine the yes or no. What that really means is that a decision needs to be made. The maybe is not an option. So the way that that card shows up is that you have to come to a conclusion or face the fact that, you know, like that two of swords card, that you're unwilling or unable for some reason to resolve something or or come to any forward action with it but this is key before something changes or can happen it's kind of key to to look to see which side of that fence <laughs> you know what i mean you 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 just can't sit there letting your your butt get splinters you you basically have to choose um but there might be many other creative ways to use that yes and no card too you know 
right? Yeah, sometimes people will, um, I think another deck I've seen, they'll um, shuffle it maybe backwards in the deck and then that you pull it out and then the one that it's facing is kind of something it's wanting to say yes or no to. I thought that's kind of a clever way to use these cards, but I like, I like that this is present. Know that they're all face up. If you know they're face up, you can take the, you can take the yes or no card too. And, you know, turn it around a million times and put it back in the deck. Ooh. You know what I mean? So that way you'll be able to see if it's right side up, just set the intention before you do the divination. This means this. And if it's reversed, then it means no. Right. 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 Wow. Still, you know what? Go to your psychic, go to your gut you'll know depending on the context you know what i mean you'll know whether or not that's saying yes or no yeah no absolutely and so i love I how it's a guy with puppets it's pretty cute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i loved i loved him <laughs> yeah so great and um so many people with wings so they're like they're kind of uh, angelic right carrie, carrie blew me away um the tears when i saw she worked, she worked so hard on those wings and I oh. just love them. And it, I mean, even the color scheme, right? Carrie's, Carrie is just, she's brilliant. And just the, you know, just the atmosphere that she brings to each one of those cards, you know, when they all come together, it's just, you know, it, it, it just transports me. So so yeah, tell me more about your collaboration. So and and how her work has inspired you and how you channel um the descriptions that I just love reading for every card, by the way. Um, so yeah, how did how does that how did that process work for you too? Um I just I you reminded me of something I wanted to tell you too. Um sometimes sometimes what we were just talking about, it was the the one card that you had just pulled, sorry, and I, I lost my train of thought there. Um, but I was going to say sometimes it's good to go through the guidebook and just kind of do like this bibliomancy thing where you just read and then look for that one sentence that's charged that stands up off the page, right? Um, because some of the descriptions intentionally have gone in a couple of different directions. And some of the descriptions are linked into other cards as well. It's all there between the lines. So that's also a useful way to, you know what I mean? To look, um, to, to look for, you know, the meaning that wants to sort of come to you as well. Right. Um, so uh, Carrie and I, I met Carrie in New York. Might've been eight years ago at the reader studio. The reader studio is it's, it's like Hogwarts. It's incredible. It is just the most incredible collection. It's run by um, Wald and Ruth Ann Amberstone. And it's the most incredible collection of psychics. And um, there used to be, uh, you know, psychotherapists that would attend on the first day as well. Um, and uh, diviners and just, just, everyone and it, it's an intensive workshop so you're there for a few days and working non-stop but then at the end of the night just when you think that you you know you can't even move any longer right you just had so much um there are readings and people would read and Carrie is an iconic diviner she studied at the University of Kent um and had a cosmology and divination degree wow mm -hmm. so um 
anyway, there were two people reading that night and one was a, one was a psychotherapist and the other one was Carrie. And I knew I had some issues that I needed to go into that had to do with like childhood wounding. But in my, in my infinite wisdom, I thought, okay, I'm going to stay away from the psychotherapist chair just in case he has the ability to commit me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That woman there looks kind. (laughs) right so if I make too much of an ass of myself I think she'll she'll get over a little easier so I sat down with her and she um she just just cracked it wide open and everything changed from that reading on it was it was a pivotal reading um and then we just kept in touch and started working on uh (laughs) some projects together uh you know, the relative tarot, then the siren song, which is uh, with Tony Savory from the World Divination Association, which is a Kipper and a Lenormand deck. Um, and then the spirit oracle. And then we've had something called the True North Oracle that we've done on Kickstarter. But it's been, I don't know, it's been amazing to to work with Carrie because she is, she's always been a mentor. Uh, and I just have so much respect for her. Oh, that's fantastic. Sounds like there's such a synergy that has flowed between you two. And so when you're looking at one of her um, images that she's created for this deck, or I know you've done a lot of work together. Yeah. What, how do you carve out that space? How do you channel what, what comes to you? How does it come to you? I'm just curious about your process. Um, I'm also as a writer and someone who writes from cards and I'm just so curious about your connection there. I think, I think too, it's, uh, it just starts talking, right? Not Mm -hmm. all of them do. So if it was something that I, that didn't start flooding me with uh, feelings or, uh, you know, a a place to go, I can't, I can't, I, I just like, for instance, the, the backstory card or the creativity card, it's hard not to look at that, (laughs) the card and then just plunge in, you know, like it's a diving board and just, just plunge into that sort of exotic space. And it takes you on an adventure. It's like, I'm not even here any longer. Sometimes I, you know, when people are unboxing and they read back a certain segment, it's, it's like, wow, who, where did that come from? There's sometimes it's like, you don't even, and you know, as a writer too, that you know, you look back at stuff that you wrote, and it's like I, I don't, I can't remember where I was through all of this. Right. No, it just absolutely. something that makes the 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 hours seem like minutes, right? It just, I, I know that's not a very, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a great answer, but it's kind of what happens. It yeah. kind of transports you, right? Hmm. And and what do you think the potential might be for this deck? So a couple or about a podcast ago, we interviewed the author of Take Back the Magic, Perdita Finn. Just her book just came out um, in September about um, having a relationship with, you know, very directly in conversation in life, life's movements uh, with people on the other side, like make it part of your daily life. Um, what opportunity would you say there is here with the beloved dead to, to, to help forming those connections and conversations? Okay. So um, I'd like to just clarify a little bit about how I understand what the difference is between mediumship and divination. 
So divination, I guess it's a methodology, right? That um, assists in healing and clarifying um, and has transformative potential and it's using tools, right? So it's using cards, casting charms. I knew a Romanian reader that said she came from a group of women that used to divine and scry the length of ash in the cigarettes that they were smoking, right? Um, mediumship is different. Um, mediumship is actually merging with non-form consciousness. So our loved ones and um, those who've, who've crossed over, right? They are at an extremely high vibration. So they have to lower their vibration um, and we have to raise ours and it is a merge, right? And then it's up to us to interpret um, the the images um, and interpret uh, what they're, I guess what they're telling us um, for our sitter. So the beloved dead, um, the beloved dead is a tool, right? So it is, I think it will have incredible potential to open up dialogues with our unconscious and also with our higher self um, and open up dialogues with any tutelary spirit guides, um, as well as um, also can be used as a psychic tool, a psychic tool to connect with all kinds of information that is out there uh, and exists. Wow. Thank you so much for, for clarifying and defining that for me. I don't think I've ever heard that articulated and um, separated out so beautifully uh, for our audience and for myself. So thank you so much. And, and you know, um, yeah, fact, I should give a shout out to, uh, to Marianne Kennedy. Um, I've been sitting in um, mediumship circles, foundational medium, uh, foundational studies, developmental circles with Marianne Kennedy. And a lot of, a lot of that experiences, thanks to her incredible, incredible mentorship. Fantastic. Well, um, glad that she could, her wisdom can flow in here into the podcast. Um, and just as we begin to wrap up, I just want to thank you so much and see if there's anything you can let us know about what's next on your horizons. Uh, I have a, I have a proposal for another, uh, another book on another, one of one of my favorite things to do it's on casting but it's all in the broad stroke stage so i think that'll be the that'll be the next thing um that i look forward to to putting together uh so we'll see what happens with that and i have also a fiction project that i've been working on so yeah well keep us in the loop you're a fantastic writer there's so much life um that you've brought to the beloved dead and uh so really nice. enjoying that and um yeah keep us in the loop and best of luck uh and happy trails with your next projects thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you